Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 13. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Throughout history, men have used many great ways to identify themselves as Christians. Uh, For example, um, people, men would use or wear um, a lapel pin. Um, I have one. Um, My mom, number two, uh, gave me one, uh, Mom Cindy, and uh, with the hook. And uh, that signifies uh, that uh, we as Christians are fishers of men. So it's a hook, and you put it on your lapel. I remember some years ago, uh, people were wearing a pin uh, that said Jesus first. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Do you got anybody remember that? Okay. You, you do remember. Okay. Nobody in first and nobody in second knew. Okay. Us three, we know. People wore a Jesus first pin, and it was very, very popular. Obviously not as popular as I think. And uh, some, <laughs> some people... Uh, wear special robes and special clothes, and some even wear black. Uh, did you know that at one time in history, Christians used to wear a special haircut uh, to signify uh, and identify themselves as Christians? Uh, Christians wear crosses around their necks and chains and, and uh, the ichthus. Anybody know what the ichthus is? It's the Christian fish, right, the Christian fish. Um, People put bumper stickers on their car. As a matter of fact, just a couple of days ago, um, I was driving, getting on the, the, the freeway there, and some lady cut me off. She just cut me off. I'm like, and then she gets in front of me, and she has this bumper sticker on her car that says, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. <laughs> and Christians are dead. You keep driving like that. You know, if you're a bad driver, please take the bumper stickers off your car. You're a bad witness. You're a bad witness. So people have bumper stickers. They've got T-shirts and they hang posters and they carry Bibles all to say that they are a Christian. Well, listen, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with any of these, although they do present a problem. And the problem is they are totally superficial. You can wear a button. You can wear a T-shirt. You can have a bumper sticker on your car. You can even wear a clergy collar. You can wear a clergy robe, but if the heart's not right and you're not living according to the word of God, then what value is it? Am I right about that? I'll wait while you clap your hands. Then what value is it? A true Christian, listen, doesn't need a bumper sticker, doesn't need special clothes. They don't need crosses or chains to tell people they're Christian. What you do, listen, what you do tells people more about your Christianity far more than what you wear. Did you get that? What you do or your example tells people more about your Christianity than what you wear. God is looking for people who are committed from the heart. You got your pen? 
I want to talk to you about the committed Christian this morning. And I'm going to give you a three-point outline talking about the three marks of the committed Christian. And I want you to write these down. The three marks of the committed Christian. The committed Christian should be absorbed and gripped by and captivated by, point number one, his Lord's glory. His Lord's glory. We're going to find that in verse 31 through 33. And then secondly, the committed Christian should be captivated by his love, point number two, in verses 34 and 35. And then finally, we'll talk about the day the Christian, the committed Christian should be absorbed and gripped and captivated by, by his loyalty in verses 36 through 38. His Lord's glory, his love, and his loyalty in John chapter 13. I've titled this sermon, The Committed Christian. Saints, we pick up in John 13 and looking at verse 31. If you're looking at verse 31, I need you to say amen. Amen. Oh, some of y'all ain't looking. Verse 31. If you're looking at verse 31, say amen. amen. And when he had gone out, Jesus said, now, I want you to circle that word now. Very important to this text. Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. No worries, I'm going to explain. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you what, saints? Love one another. Are we all reading the same Bible? A new commandment I give you that you what? Love one another as I have loved you that you also what? Love one another. And by this love, all will know that you are my disciples if you have what, saints? Love for one another. Now, Simon in verse 36, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. You can't follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Well, Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me. How many times, saints? Three times. Stop right there. Give me your attention. John chapter 13 Uh, If you've been with me in John 13, raise your hand. Will you do that? Okay, that's a good number of you. Then you know, earlier in the chapter, John chapter 13 is known as the upper room discourse. John 13, it's Thursday night, the night of the Last Supper, the night that Jesus would be arrested, the night before Jesus dies. John 13 begins the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. Now, if you've been with us, you know, earlier in the chapter, Jesus And the disciples walk into the upper room and their feet are dirty. And while sitting around the table called the triclinium, a three-sided table, while sitting around the table, Jesus calmly gets up and he prepares a basin of water. And he took his outer garments off and began to wash the disciples' feet. And after he washed their feet, he put on his garments. Look at verse 12. After he washed their feet, he put on his garments and he sat down. And Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. John was reclining next to Jesus, and he asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus probably answered in a low voice so that only John could hear. Look at verse 26. Jesus said, it is he to whom I will give a piece of bread. And when I have dipped it, 
And then he dipped the bread and he gave it to Judas and said, what you are going to do, do quickly. And then in verse 30, Judas leaves. He left at night. Now, listen, Judas is gone. And now Jesus turns his attention to his disciples. In verse 31, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. In verse 31 through chapter 16, verse 33, this is Jesus' farewell address. And these words are exciting. They're powerful. They're loving. These are divine words. Listen, these words give the disciples and every believer through the ages everything they need to know so they can live a committed life. Point number one, the mark of a committed Christian is his Lord's glory. In verse 31 through 33, the committed Christian, listen, saints, the committed Christian is not concerned about himself. Somebody say amen. He's not concerned with his own glory. He's not concerned with his own boasting. He's not concerned with what brings him honor. He's not concerned with popularity. He's not trying to climb the ecclesiastical ladder. He's not trying to get something for himself. His greatest concern is for his Lord's glory. And he lives so that whatever he does brings glory to the Lord. Now, in verse 31, I want you to look at verse 31. It says, now, and I had you circle it, now. Now, when he, Judas, had gone out, Jesus said, now. This word now is an interesting word. It implies now that Judas Judas has gone out and Satan has done his work, Now that Jesus is left with his 11 disciples, now it's time, watch this, for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now it's time. You know, it feels like now that Judas is gone, Jesus is kind of relieved. Jesus is now ready to speak freely about the major issue in the universe. What's the major issue in the universe? His glory. His glory is the key to everything. His glory is the highest of all themes. For a brief period, 33 years to be exact, God incarnate, Jesus Christ, clothed himself in human flesh, and he held back his full glory while here on earth. But now it's all over. Starting tomorrow, it's Thursday. Starting tomorrow, the Son of Man is going to be glorified again. Now, if you're going to be a committed Christian, you've got to be concerned and absorbed with bringing God glory. The committed Christian is concerned about living to the glory of God. The committed Christian, are you listening? The committed Christian realizes it doesn't matter what people think about you. Somebody say amen. The committed Christian understands the goal in life and the theme in life and the reason for living this life and everything that we do in this life is for the glory of God. It should be. It should be. Now, there are many, too many to count, too numerous to count, scriptures and Bible verses that talk about the glory of God, but just let me give you a couple of two. Psalm 29, verse 1 and 2, talking about the glory of God. Psalm 29, verse 1 and 2, come on, I want y'all to read this and read like you mean it. Psalm 29, verse 1 and 2, let's read. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones, come on, read. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And then 2 Thessalonians, talking about the glory of God. Chapter 1, verse 11 through 12. Therefore, we also pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power 
Here's why. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be what, saints? Glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Jude, write it down. You can take that verse down. Thank you. Jude chapter 25 wraps up the Christian life. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the church said, amen. Giving glory to God is the reason we exist. If you agree with that, come on, clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? Amen. It's the reason we exist. That's why God left us here on earth. That's why we still here. Amen. Is to give God glory in everything that we do as Christians. In everything that we do, in everything that we say, in every place that we go, how we spend our money, how we spend our time, our relationships or not, all to give glory to God. That's the life of the committed Christian. Jesus said in verse 31, now the Son of Man is glorified. Again, it's Thursday and the cross begins Friday. Through the cross, the Son of Man is glorified. Listen, Jesus couldn't, did you know this? Jesus couldn't wait to get back to the Father. And I can't wait to get to the Father. Where my Christians at? I can't wait to get to the Father. I don't know. If y'all notice, it's, the world's crazy right now. It's just crazy. We're hearing crazy things. Uh, children, kids. I, I want to say I was watching the news and there's this, this boy, how old is he? 12, 15 years old? He killed another person or... Another little girl, was it? Did y'all hear about that story? It's just on the news I watch. And um, yeah, it's just crazy in the world today. We're legalizing drugs and we don't expect it to get crazy. I don't know about you. Jesus couldn't wait to get back to the Father and I can't wait to get to the Father. Amen. Jesus, listen, was ready to go to the cross and begin the glorification process. Now, begin the glorification progress. Jesus saw the cross in terms of glory instead of humiliation. So then the question is, how can death on the cross be glory? Well, listen, Jesus' death glorified him because at the cross and at Calvary, Jesus performed the greatest work in the history of the universe. Did you know that? On the cross, Jesus brought salvation to anyone. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that deserves glory. On the cross, Jesus destroyed sin, and that deserves glory. On the cross, Jesus destroyed Satan and his power over death, and that deserves glory. On the cross, Jesus purchased all the elect of God, and that deserves glory. On the cross, his life was a sweet-smelling savor to God, that deserves glory. And on the cross, Jesus fully satisfied the broken law, and that deserves glory. And when Jesus said, it is finished, That deserves glory. You guessed it. Jesus satisfied the justice of God, repaired the broken law, and set men free. This was the greatest work in the history of the universe, and you guessed it. That deserves glory. And that's why he said, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. Now listen, the glory of the Lord, got a pen, write this down. The glory of the Lord speaks of the revealed attributes of God. The revealed attributes of God, attributes like his love, mercy, grace, wisdom, omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresent, 
Every attribute of God are his glory. And at the cross of Jesus, every attribute of God was manifested. Therefore, God was glorified in the death of Jesus. Look at verse 32 in your Bibles. If God be glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and God and, and glorify him immediately. Did you get that? You got three things here. Write it down. In the cross, Jesus is glorified, number one. In the cross, God is glorified, number two. But God didn't stop at the cross. Number three, God will glorify Christ again. You see, there's going to be a resurrection and ascension, and Jesus is going to sit at the right hand of God, and someday God will glorify Jesus again when Jesus comes in the second coming. That's what he means when he says glorify him immediately. All this glory comes to Jesus but he has to leave. All this glory can't come to Jesus unless he leaves. You know, it's almost like everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody don't want to die. Write that down. Everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Well, if Jesus is going to receive all this glory, then Jesus has to die. All this glory is coming to Jesus because He has to leave. He's got to die. He's got to leave. He had to be glorified. So he says in verse 33, look at it. Little children, a little while I'm with you, you will seek me. As I said to the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. While Jesus is thinking of his glory, he's also thinking about the little children. He's referring to the 11 disciples. Remember, Judas is gone. So he's referring to the 11 disciples. Now, this phrase, little children, In the Greek language, I'm not trying to bore you with Greek. I'm trying to help you understand something. In the Greek language, this word little children is um, technia, technia, T-E-K-N-I-A, technia. I bring that word to your attention because here in John, in this verse, is the only time in John's gospel that he uses this word technia for little children. And there's other places where he talks about little children, but that's a different Greek word. This word is technia, and it refers to little children. He also uses it in his first epistle, and he uses this word technia seven times in five chapters in John's first epistle. Jesus said in verse 33, little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, and where I'm going, you cannot come. Now, where did he say that to the Jews? Well, you might want to write it in your margin next to verse 33. He said it in John 7, 34. John 7, 34, Jesus told the Jews that they couldn't go where he was going. He says, you can't come where I'm going. Where is he going? He's going to the Father. And when Jesus goes to the Father, the disciples are going to miss him. Stay with me, please. When Jesus goes to the Father, the disciples are going to miss him. Jesus said, my glory involves my leaving. You have to understand that, but they didn't want Jesus to leave, and they didn't understand. And that's why they were fearful, and that's why they were anxious, because remember, they spent um, three years with Jesus, and, and they, they fellowship with him, and they loved him, and he loved them, and they prayed together. They were friends. They prayed together. They did ministry together. And they handed out the two fish and the five loaves of bread. And they they kept growing together. And they were amazed. And Jesus was ministering to them and doing all kinds of miracles. And, hey, come walk on the water. They had relationship. So when Jesus 
talked about leaving, this caused them to be anxious. This caused them to be fearful. And this is why if you fast forward to John chapter 14, keep in mind that chapter and verse are not in the original text. John's gospel is one continual letter. There's no chapter 14, verse 1, and chapter 15, verse 7. There's not that. It's one continual letter. So they are fearful. And that's why, fast forward to John 14, 1. Look at John 14, 1. That's why Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. So what Jesus is telling them is that there's no need to be fearful. There's no need to be anxious. He's saying, I'm going to the Father And he's saying, you can't come with me now, but you can come with me later. We'll be in the father's house. And guess what? There's plenty of room for everybody. Oh, you should be excited right there. There's plenty of room for everybody. In my father's house are what? Many mansions. If it wasn't so, Jesus wouldn't have told you. So there's no need to be fearful, no need to be anxious. That's why he said that in John 14, 1. We'll get to that next week. Their hearts were troubled because the one they loved was leaving. Jesus makes it clear he must leave and they must stay and continue the work. But they will someday be glorified, but not yet. But because they are committed Christians, they are more concerned with giving glory to God and not themselves. Brings us to point number two, his love. In verse 34 and 35, go ahead and look at it again, if you will. A new commandment I give to you that you do what saints love one another as I have loved you you also should do what love one another by this all men will know that you are my disciples the first mark of a committed Christian he is absorbed with the Lord's glory the second mark of a committed Christian is his love Jesus said a new commandment I give to you that you love one another now this word new if you're taking notes you write this down This word new does not mean just invented or recent or different. This word new implies freshness or present in a new, fresh way. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to 38, the disciples asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then Jesus went on to say, the second is like unto it, that you love your neighbor as yourself. See, the law that Jesus quoted is men should love their neighbors as themselves. That was the law. But the new law or the new commandment is that men should love each other better than themselves. Did you get that? Love each other better than themselves. The new law is love each other. Now, I know that loving each other can be challenging. I know that. Some folk is just hard to love. Don't look to your right or left. So y'all looking like, some folks just hard to love. I love what Charles, I keep wanting to call him Charles. His name is Chuck Swindoll said, he said, to dwell above with saints we love, well, that will be grace and glory. To live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. Isn't that true? Yeah, I'm thinking of this story. This third grade Sunday school teacher was given a Bible lesson on the commandment, honor thy father and mother. And she asked a question, does anyone know the commandment for your brothers and sisters? And a little girl raised her hand in the back and she said, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> yeah, she's on to something. It's hard to live sometime with saints below, but God wants us to love one another. Somebody say amen. Here's some homework for you. Go home. 
interesting study. Go home and do a study on the one another's in the Bible. On the one another's in the Bible. So many, so many. Here's just a few. The Bible says don't challenge one another. Don't complain against one another. Don't devour one another. Don't envy one another. Don't judge one another. Don't lie to one another. Don't speak against one another. Don't be a hater toward one another. No, the Bible doesn't say that. I just threw that in. Y'all like, the Bible said that? Don't be a hater. I thought that was new. No, ain't nothing new under the sun. Although that's not in the Bible. But we are to, listen, accept one another. Admonish one another. Bear one another's burdens. Jesus said, love one another. That's a command, not a suggestion. Now listen, saints, here's an inescapable fact. God has created us. Listen to me. If you've been tuned out, tune in right here. God has created us for one another. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.